In today's episode, we're going to talk about growing apart, how this sneaky trap catches its victims, it almost got us, and where you need to start right now to turn it around. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome to the first episode of Master Your Marriage, where we're really excited to dive into our favorite topic, marriage. This podcast has been a long time in the making, a couple of years actually, and it's finally here. And we're just so grateful and excited to build this community with you. So why are we doing this podcast? Honestly, we're sick and tired of seeing the marriages of our friends and family suffer, literally just implode, and some fall off, fall completely apart, and others are just lonely and loveless. Yes. And so we know couples are desperate to find real and tangible solutions for their relationships. We know this because we interact with you guys daily in our social media, and we hear your struggles, we see your challenges, and we know that you deeply want to feel loved and cherished and connected. And that's what drives us. That's why we do what we do. That's what motivates us. So the reason we're doing this podcast is simply to have a greater impact. Business author John Maxwell says it best, one is too small a number for greatness. And we can reach more than one person at a time with a podcast than we can when we do our one-on-one coaching. And we know firsthand the downstream effects of a happy marriage. Yes. When you have a happy marriage in a relationship, your health is better. Yes. And your children are better off. They are more emotionally intelligent. Your friends and your other relationships are also strengthened. We're more connected spiritually. And our community reaps lots of benefits as well. So what we're saying is that having a healthy and happy relationship is truly a win-win for everyone involved. Now, we want to make a couple of commitments to you before we get started today. Um, Commitments as you follow us on this journey. So first of all, in every single episode, we promise to bring value to your lives. In every episode, we're going to drop knowledge, but we're also going to be dropping action steps. So we want to give you tangible tools, not fluff. And that is our promise to you. Our proven methods are based on 31 years of personal experience Mm -hmm. and the most comprehensive marriage research there is out today. Yes. In fact, you're going to want to listen up for one of those tools in a takeaway technique that we're going to be teaching you in the later half of this show. I can't wait. Yes. Now, here's probably our most important promise that we want to make. A happy marriage is actually easier than you think. What makes marriages work is actually a predictable skill set. It's a skill set we know, and it's a skill set that we're going to be teaching you in all of these podcasts. So let's talk about us first. Who are we to be giving relationship and marriage advice? Well, for starters, we've been, we've been married for 31 years. We have four killed, four children. And in that time, 
there's been a lot of ups and downs. We've had the greatest moments of our lives. We've had some very low moments and we're talking problems with children, problems with jobs, problems financially, things just going wrong. And generally speaking, we love being married to each other most of the time. Yeah. And we'll definitely be getting into that in later episodes as well. So in our practice, we incorporate various techniques from neuro-linguistic programming, from Gottman marriage coaching methods, and all of that we've distilled into our method that we call the teamwork method. So every tool, every technique, or any blueprint that we share with you is going to be trusted. It's going to be research-based. And we know from experience that it works. So our relationship has not always been perfect. And it didn't didn't come naturally. Nope. Beginning, as in with most new marriages, it was actually pretty rough. Really rough. And we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. My parents were divorced when I was five. Charlotte's parents were divorced when she was 11. And there were a lot of unhealthy patterns in both of our homes. And that is the training ground for marriage. So needless to say, we repeated the patterns that we knew, at least for a little while. We did. And we worked on those things. We worked on those patterns. And we thought we were actually doing really good because we'd overcome a lot. And we were we were doing pretty great compared to some of our examples. You and know? we were still married. And we were still married, which was saying something. But then slowly and silently, um, we started getting a little bit complacent. We started taking one another for granted and maybe even being a little bit selfish. I think I might have been a lot of bit selfish. And then there was this pivotal moment in our relationship. And this was years and years ago. But let me paint a picture of it for you. We had been really busy building our businesses, building a home, raising little ones, and putting our relationship in last place. Right? Yeah. 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 And then one night we went for a drive and I asked him a question that in the moment felt terrifying. I was pretty terrified by it. Yeah. And now in hindsight, I realize we both realize that it was a question that changed the trajectory that we were on. And the question was this. Can you remember a time? Can you remember an actual specific time when you truly felt deeply loved? by me. And of course, in that moment, I was recounting millions of examples of all the ways that I had shown him love. But instead, he got really quiet and he thought really hard for a long, long time. And I'm just going to jump in on this one because we were a little bit complacent and a little bit just sort of doing our own thing in this relationship. And we didn't ask each other these types of questions. No, but it was quiet. You could hear a pin drop in the car. And that silence was shocking to me. And in that moment, we both knew, I knew, I knew that we had gotten off course and that we'd somehow lost that deep connection. And I was feeling it. How were you feeling? I think I was feeling, again, I was a little bit surprised that you asked the question. So I was confused and and lost and and it felt a little bit like a trap to be honest and even though I I felt that you were being sincere I had honestly not been feeling as connected in our relationship um in our marriage and I want to emphasize here that it 
they always say it takes two people to build a marriage, but it, it takes two to bring it down as well. Like, you know, and I was throwing myself into business and, and work and using that as an, as an escape or an excuse, um, when I was feeling less connected. Right. So imagine us, right, back in the car sitting there and he's in the driver's seat and I'm in the passenger seat. And I just had this sick feeling in my stomach wondering and making meaning from this. Like, what does this mean? What is meant for us? Where does this mean? Does this mean we're destined to be like this forever? Are we going to make it? Can we reverse this? Could we even get back to where we'd been? So while this was the scary moment, it actually led to possibly one of the greatest aha moments in our marriage. And I love aha moments because they can cause everything to shift in an instant. These are moments that motivate us. These are moments that change us. These are moments that teach us. And that's the point with these aha moments. You can either let them go past, like, what was that? Or you can tape an opportunity to learn something from these moments. And we knew that we had to reflect on how we got to where we were. And also, what did we want instead? So how did we get to that point? That's the million dollar question. How did we get to that point? Well, I think part of it was we weren't seeking that intimate connection. And I don't necessarily just mean sex. I mean connecting emotionally and having that feeling inside like I'm known by this person. You know, where you know that your partner knows your hopes and dreams and fears and worries, that feeling. And we weren't, we weren't appreciating each other either, as I think about it, and not like we had in the past. And it was sneaky how this lack of appreciation just sort of crept in. In fact, we've talked about this since. It was like I almost had this attitude myself that he's so lucky to have me. Instead of, wow, I am so lucky to have him. And I remember back when we were dating and first married, and I, I had that feeling. I felt so lucky to be with him. And somewhere over you know, time, that script in my mind flipped, and I hadn't even really realized it. And as you talk about it, I remember, and, and each of you can kind of think back about when you first got together about how you just felt like you had just hit, hit the lottery. Mm -hmm. And and I felt that way with her. And, you know, I think we got to that point because we we're putting the kids first, we're putting tasks at house, in the house second. And, and you know, the kids were in baseball. So that was in third and fourth and fifth place. And, and where, you know, where, where was our relationship? It, it wasn't, it was, it was 10th or 12th or 20th or whatever. So it wasn't really one big thing. And I think I want to emphasize it's easy to let the small things creep in and and we just became complacent. Complacent. Ooh, what a word. Complacency might be the number one silent killer of marriages today. And I say silent because of how subtle it grows. It's not something that happens overnight. Right. Because in the beginning, everything is roses. It's exciting. You want to you want to spend every moment together. You're looking for excuses to text them, to be on the phone, to be with them and to hold them and hug them. And, and then you're having all these great conversations, right? Like you're dreaming together, like what could we build? And, and you think that, that you've created this relationship that's, that's bulletproof, that, that nothing could ever happen. And then slowly we just start to turn away from these opportunities to connect one with another. And then one day we think, how did, 
How did we get here? How did we get here? Yeah. Jordan Peterson, who's an amazing clinical psychologist, says, if you put your kids in first place and the job in second place and baseball and activities and everything else, and you put your relationship in 10th place, you're only ever going to get to the top five things, which means you're never going to get to your relationship. Exactly. And you know what this actually reminds me of? This reminds me of the metaphor of the pitcher plant. And you know, the more subtle a trap is, the better it is at catching its victims, right? Always does. Right. So complacency is the subtle trap of marriage that couples don't realize until it's often too late. So have you ever seen a pitcher plant or heard of it? It's this bizarre plant that's shaped like a water pitcher, but it's carnivorous and it's a plant, but it actually eats flies. And it does this by setting a trap. So it produces this really attractive nectar that brings the flies in. And of course, the fly has no fear of a plant. Why would a fly fear a plant? Fly away. It can just fly away whenever it wants. Exactly. So the fly comes in and it lands on the rim of the plant and it starts to lap up this delicious nectar. But it wants more. So it starts to venture deep, deep into the plant. And inside, the walls of the plant are steep and they're slippery and they're dangerous. And the fly begins to lose its grasp. But... Even though it's incredibly dangerous for the fly at this point, that nectar just tastes so good, too good to turn back. So good. And by the time the fly realizes that it's in trouble, it's too late. It falls into the digestive juices at the bottom of the pitcher and it's gone forever. Isn't it interesting how our relationships can be a little bit like that? Can they not? They can. Yeah. So can you guys relate? There's some interesting data that comes from John Gottman's 30 years of marriage research. He studied newlywed couples in this thing he called the Love Lab, where they went in and spent 24 hours just being filmed and recorded and, and all of their measurements taken. Um, and he studied their behavior towards one another. And one thing they measured was how well they responded to attempts for connection. Within any relationship, partners make hundreds of these little subtle attempts to connect every single day. For example, one of them might say, oh, hey, did you, did you see that car that just went by? Did your partner look up? Did your partner even acknowledge you? Or did they just keep scrolling on their phone? John Gottman measured how many of these attempts were successful and recorded their findings and brought these same couples back six years later for a follow-up study. The couples that were still happily married six years later had positively responded to their partner's attempts 86% of the time, whereas those who were divorced or living very unhappily responded only 33% of the time. That's a significant difference. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. That tells us a lot about the importance of responding to these attempts for connection. So here's the good news. Wherever you are right now, and remember, as we said earlier, Many couples wait six years to seek help once they realize there's a problem in their relationship. But wherever you are, we can turn this around. And truthfully, think of it. What of all those things that we've talked about, all those things on your to-do list, what is more important than the person who at some point you wanted to have that fairy tale with? No one's more important. <laughs> to, I mean, we get married to be able to write that love story, you know? And how do we get back to writing that love story 
Again, what what did we do after that day in the car? How did we get back to writing that love story? I love I love the way you put it there when you say writing that love story because it it indicates that it's a continual mm. event instead of just like you didn't write it and then stick it in a drawer. You're always writing this love story. I I just sort of love that as a metaphor. So what we did is we we took action. We realized that there was a problem, right? And the opposite of complacency is intentional action. So. I want you to think about this for a minute. Do you remember when you were envisioning a future together 32 years ago? I do. Yeah. We were thinking about our family and kids and home and jobs and pets and all the things. And all the things and where we would live and what it would look like. And, and we created what's called this vivid vision. And we began to take intentional action towards creating that reality. So the solution to complacency is intentional action. So where does that start? Well, it starts with a decision. A decision. And knowing what you want. And knowing what you want. Right. Now, remember I said earlier that in every episode, we're going to give you one actionable step to go implement right away. Some of you will choose to remain complacent and you'll do nothing. Some of you will stay complacent about complacency. And the rest of you those who really want to create positive change, you're going to take these challenges, 100%. So here's the challenge. This is your opportunity for reflection. It won't take long. Just listen to my voice. Of all of the people in the world, what caused you to decide that this was the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? I love this question. This question comes from Virginia Satir, who is the pioneer of of family therapy. Let me repeat it. Of all the people in the world, what caused you to decide this was the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Now, maybe you went right back to that moment and you immediately remembered, and maybe you didn't. That's okay. We're going to help you get there right now. Sharla is going to share a visualization technique with you to help you get going. Yes. And just to speak a little bit to the power of visualization, it really is amazing to think that our brains are actually capable of rewiring themselves, which is neuroplasticity, that they're capable of rewiring themselves in response to visualization. But that's exactly what research has shown is possible. So if high-performing individuals like athletes and chess players can visual, use visualization to help them get into their peak performance, then we can certainly use visualization to benefit our relationship, our marriage, and to help us to remember. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Now, if you're driving in a car, I want you to stay alert and focused and keep your eyes open and on the road. And we will drop a download, a free download in the show notes for you to come back and grab this visualization later. But for the rest of you, if it is safe for you to do so, I want you to close your eyes. Good. Now, can you remember? Of course you can. Remembering is easy to do. Can you remember a time when you felt so happy to be with your partner? When you felt so lucky to be with your spouse? Can you remember a time? A specific moment in time. That's right. Now go back to that time in your mind and drop down into the memory of feeling so totally lucky. 
Make sure you're looking through your own eyes. Go back to that time now, looking through your own eyes and see what you saw. Hear what you heard. And really feel all the feelings of being totally happy, in love, and so, so lucky to be with this person, the love of your life. And notice how just visualizing it, you get to feel all those feelings again now, can't you? You remember now how you first felt when you were together. Good. Open your eyes. Let me ask you again. Of all of the people in the world, what caused you to decide this person was the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? And now you know. As I remember back to the day in the car when we recognized that we had gotten off track, we had to start finding each other again. We needed a shift in perspective. We had to decide to put each other back in first place. I love the saying, when you change the way you look at things, the way you look at things changes. Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it just takes that shift in perspective to see how lucky I am to have him, to see his incredible attributes, to see what's going right in our relationship instead of what's going wrong to appreciate him and remember why I chose him in the first place. And why I chose her in the first place. Yes. All right, you guys. Go try this process this week. Try the visualization and come find us over on social media. Tell us all about it. And then join us next week for episode two because we're going to share our favorite antidote for complacency. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.